Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. And now, the encouraging August 13th message titled, Your Choice, Fight or Light. Good morning, Digital Cathedral family. So glad you're with me this morning, wherever you're watching this. Whatever state of the union, whatever country of the world, it's good to gather together on Sunday morning. And we're going to get into some good things this morning. Uh, I'm going to tell you right up front, this is not your grandmother's regular Sunday morning church service teaching. I'm going to get into some things that I think are going to stretch you a lot. And I will encourage you to come back and listen to this teaching a couple of times. I won't say this every week, but I'll just remind you this morning, I'm pointing toward October. I'm going to begin a protracted series in October uh, that is that is going to be totally revelatory, I think. I think it's going to be a lot of revelation. So between now and then, I'm putting down some good foundation because I've learned one of my sayings is this, <clears throat> excuse me, that revelation without foundation brings condemnation. Have you found that with your friends? Revelation without foundation takes a long time to put a foundation down for a revelation. And if you don't take time to put that foundation down, that revelation will come back to bite you and bring a lot of condemnation. So we're laying some good foundation. And this is a, an important piece this morning. But... Um, I'm hitting you cold. I know that. So you may want to come back and listen to it a second time and meditate on it just to grab what I'm trying to get across. I can teach it, but I can't understand it for you. Okay? I can teach it and break it down, but I cannot understand it for you. That's the job between you and the Spirit of Truth. All right, let's begin over in John chapter 1 this morning. Not I got your attention. John chapter 1, I want to read the first nine verses, familiar passage of Scripture, and then we're going to begin to unwind it, and it's going to lead us into some things. John chapter 1, Big John, Gospel of John, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And that light was the light of men. And, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. Verse 6. There was a man sent from, from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Verse 9. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, there's a little phenomenon that takes place that I think we all understand. We've all witnessed it. It's being in a dark room and you flip the light switch on. And as soon as you flip the light switch on, I mean, you can't, you can't make a move faster than what that light comes into that dark room and the darkness is totally gone, totally vanished. Even, even a child knows that at night if they're afraid of the dark, they call for mom, call for dad. And as soon as mom or dad flips the light switch on, the fear that the child had of the dark all of a sudden dissipates because the darkness is totally gone. 
Now, the reason that phenomena happens, now just stay with me all morning long. The reason that phenomena happens is because darkness is not an entity. Darkness is not a thing. You, you, you can't grab onto it because darkness has no real reality of its own. Darkness is, let me say it again, darkness is not a thing. It's simply darkness, catch this, darkness is simply the absence of light. Darkness is simply the absence of the real thing. So where, where did the darkness go? When you turn the light on and the room is all of a sudden lit up, you do it for your child, you do it when you come home at night, it's after dark, you turn the light on and the darkness goes. Where, where, where did it go? It didn't go anywhere because it was not. It never was real. It never actually existed. And the same is true of everything that would appear negative. Now, this is where we're going to start going. All right, you ready? There's no reality. Darkness is not an entity. It's simply the absence of light. So it is with things that are not eternal, things that are negative. Everything that is not love, everything that is not light, everything that doesn't come from the tree of life, everything that does not contain health or wholeness, they're simply the absence of the real, and they are eliminated, they dissipate, they vanish when the real fills that vacuum. The scripture says that perfect love casts out fear. Health eliminates sickness. Everything that is negative, that does not come from the tree of life, that doesn't emanate from the character and the person of God, is not, is not an entity. It's not real. It may appear real, and I'm not, I'm not denying the appearance of it. We're going to talk about what we focus on. I'm not denying the, 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 the appearance of it, how it looks. Let me go back to our text this morning. In John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That, the word comprehend there is a really bad translation. I notice there's a number beside it in my, my Bible. Let me just see what it says here. And, and the darkness did not comprehend it, verse 5, or overcome. It's actually... Uh, that's, that's, a per, that's a pretty good translation right there. The, the darkness did not overcome the light. Right? The, the, it's a, comprehends a bad word. The, the Greek word there, if my memory serves me, is katalambano, and it means to seize, to capture, or overtake. So let me just, let me substitute that word in there because it's important you grasp this, that darkness cannot overtake light. We all know that. We all know it from, from experience. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overtake the light. It could not seize it. It could not capture it. Darkness can never override the light. Darkness could never overcome Jesus. You know why? He gave darkness the things that might have appeared. He gave it absolutely no power. He gave it no focus. He extinguished darkness by being who he was. And he was the light. He was the substance of the reality. Light was the reality. Darkness is the illusion. It has no substance. It has no reality to it. He says in, in John chapter 8, 
and verse 12. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Jesus understood what he was doing in John chapter 8 and verse 12, and he begins to pull us into it. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And the life there is the word zoe, it's the life of God. So he equates light and the life of God. And we're going to come back to John in just a minute and see exactly he gives witness to this again back in John chapter 1. Let's come back to John chapter 1. Stay with me this morning. Don't let me lose you. John chapter 1 and verse 4 says, In him was the light, and the life, or the light was the life of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Verse 9. That was the true light. Or the true life. See, we can interchange light and life because of the same thing. It's exactly what he's saying in verse 5. The light shines in darkness. Darkness could not comprehend it. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 9. That was the true light, which gives light or gives life to every man, gives gives zoe to every man that comes into the world. He gives the light or the life to everyone coming into the world. Man, that's about as, that is about as an inclusive of a statement that you could ever make. He gives the light of life, the light of zoe, the light of the, the very life of God is given to every person that comes into the world. Why didn't they tell us that down at the church? Because they majored in separation. In this verse, there is no separation. He gives that life, that light, to every man that comes in to the world. Nobody's left out. There's no exception. There's no asterisk there. We all have his life, which is the light or the power that will dispel darkness. The light in us dispels the darkness that it would appear around us. Now, he really brings us into it when he's doing the Sermon on the Mount back in John chapter or Matthew chapter 5. Let me just get back there real quick and read a couple of verses. Matthew chapter 5, and Jesus now empowers us or gives us that street cred to be able to do exactly what he did. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. Jesus says, you are the light, the foes, the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden because it's, it's lit. It's, it's bright. You can see it. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light. It gives life to all the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. All right, you still with me this morning? All right, the word, the word light, and I, I just said it a minute ago, the word light in verse 14 is the Greek word phos, P-H-O-S. It, it, it means literally the manifestation of God's self-existing life. The manifestation of God's self-existing life. It's, it's a divine illumination. That's, I like to look at it that way. It's a divine illumination that reveals and imparts life. Then verse 16, he says, let your light show shine before men. Let, let your divine, let me say it this way, 
Let your divine illumination shine before men and they, through your light, through the divine life that is in you, they, they will see the Father and darkness in them will be eliminated. That's exactly what he's saying in verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. All right, now just a side note. Back in John chapter 1, verse 9, just a side note. I want to strengthen this as much as I can today because so many of us have spent half our life fighting darkness rather than just let the light in. We've fought the darkness. We've, we've pitched a fit against the darkness. Now, let me just point something out here from John chapter 1, verse 9. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. So, in, in John 1, 9, the light that Jesus gives to all men, the Greek word is fotidzo, fortidzo. It's, it's the sharing of his life. It's the sharing of his light that exposes and allows us to overcome every form of darkness. Now, phos, back in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. The word light there is the word phos, P-H-O-S. Now, in, in John chapter 1, verse 9, it's the, it's the verb form of phos, it's photizo, and it's the action, it's the actual action of Jesus taking of that light, of that life of God's divine illumination and imparting it, imputing it, gifting it to all men, and nothing can stop it. It's already too late. He says in verse 9 of John chapter 1 that he has given it to all men that come into the world. There's nobody born. Contrary to what religion told you, there is nobody that comes into the world that does not contain, based on John chapter 1 and verse 9, that does not have the Jesus life, the light within them. Okay, now I hope I've said a little bit there. That's my introduction. My introduction. Now let me just make a little bit of a shift. You remember what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says? It says, while we look not at the things which are, but at the things which are not. Because the things which do appear are temporary, they're temporal. But the things that we cannot see are eternal. Now, I want to push the envelope just a little bit this morning. I want to just awaken you just a little bit to the, to the no thing a little, a little farther, right? Darkness is not a thing. It's not an entity. Now let, me just, let me take that and begin to apply that a little bit. I think you can see it with darkness, that when light comes in, it dispels the darkness. Unhappiness is not a reality because it's not eternal, right? It depends. Happiness depends on happenings, and as the happenings changed, the happiness that we experience also changes. Things that are temporal, things that are subject to change are not real and should not hold our attention, should not hold our focus, should not, we shouldn't be taking of that light, that life, that the power that is within us and empowering that which has no power, that which has no eternal substance. Envy. Jealousy, selfishness, fear, they are all, none of those are realities in life. Like darkness, they're not real. They each lack the true substance 
They lack the light. They lack the, 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 the power of the life of God in them. We create them. You create envy. You create selfishness and jealousy. All fear that comes into your life is, is, has been created by you. Now see if you can get your head around this just for a minute. Nothing is real except that which is eternal. So Paul said we don't look at those things that are temporary. We look at the things that are eternal because the things that are temporary aren't really real. They're subject to change. They're one way today. They're another way tomorrow. You can't hang your head on it. And I'm not saying they don't look real. I'm not saying they don't feel real. But I'm telling you this morning, and I want you to so let this sink in and get a hold of it, that the only things that are real are those things that are eternal. Life of God is eternal. Love of God is eternal. So the eternal is based on the life of God. The eternal is based on eating at the tree of life. All that is temporary has been created and empowered by man from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, eating what appears. Well, we eat a big, big meal on that one, don't we? What we eat, we get seconds on what seems to be or the conclusions by what we see or what we hear or what we feel. We think that's reality. It's not reality. Look back to the things five, ten years ago that you thought were so insurmountable and now they're not even existent. They disappeared. They were a non-entity. I know that I'm getting maybe just a touch mystical this morning, but that's what I want to do. Jesus lived from the tree of life. He lived from the life of the Father. He lived from that which is eternal. And he never empowered that which was temporary. Jesus never empowered that which was subject to change, but he used the eternal to invade and eliminate the temporal. Let me give you a good example. Let's read this together from Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Oh boy, this is good stuff this morning. And if we can get this, it's good. It, this will make a huge difference in your life because you'll no longer empower the darkness. You'll no longer empower that which appears. You'll no longer give credence and focus to the thing that is going to be different tomorrow. But you begin to get your stability and the basis of your life from the tree of life, which is eternal, the life of God, the love of God, the light of God. Now here's an instance from the life of Jesus. Matthew chapter 8, and let's go over here. Let's pick it up in verse 23. I'm not going to get into the background. Now, when Jesus got into the boat, the disciples followed him, and suddenly there was a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. He wasn't moved by what was going on around him. He wasn't moved by the temporary. Then his disciples came to him and woke him and said, Lord, save us, we're perishing. They were moved by what appeared. They empowered it. They gave life to it. They were fearful. There's nothing there that indicates they're going to perish. They created the attitude of, man, this is panic time. Jesus said to them, why are you so fearful? Why are you giving precedence to something that has no power in itself? See, fear always tries to come from outside in, by what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what, what people have told you. Then he arose, watch, and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, who can this be 
that even the waves and the wind obey him. The storm was temporary. The fear was temporary. Did, did it appear? Absolutely. It, it, it was raging by appearance. And this is, this is how uh, darkness operates. This is how selfishness operates. It, we, we rationalize. We go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Say, man, if I don't get my part, I'm going to miss out. I'm not going to have enough. Or we envy. We look at somebody else and say, I wish I had what they had. Man, look at the house they have, the car they drive, the money they make. I wish, and we become envious or we become fearful. I had a lady in my church work for the airlines, and she was afraid to fly. Can I tell you what, what fear really is? Fear is, it comes from the root of, of selfishness. Fear is all based on what's going to happen to me. What, 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 what's going what's gonna, to what's gonna take place in my life? And so that fear, it comes from the outside. Now, once you hit that fear head on, how many, how many times have you been really afraid of something? You said, you know what, I need to get a hold of this. And you just head straight into the fear and the life, the light that is within you, you go through it and you find out the fear was powerless. There was really nothing, nothing to fear. What does the saying goes? There's nothing to fear but fear itself. Jesus used peace. He used the God within him, which is eternal, to invade the temporary. And the temporary could not stop the eternal. That's what we read back in John chapter 1. Light comes into darkness. Darkness couldn't prohibit it. Darkness couldn't defeat it. Darkness had to go. Paul understood this. Very short, powerful verse in Romans chapter 12. But very few of us take this verse seriously yet here's how Paul said that we should handle these things Romans chapter 12 and verse 21 he says do not be overcome by evil see evil is temporary evil is subject to change he said but overcome evil with good when you invade the realm of evil with good good cannot persist good cannot stand good cannot continue our evil cannot continue when you come in with good. See, good, that which originates from God, that which originates from the tree of life and is empowered, it's backed by him as we utilize it. The temporary evil is nuked by good. The evil is temporary, and that which is empowered by God is eternal. So what we need to do is to learn to eat from that tree of life Eat from the tree of life and take that which is eternal and begin to invade that which is temporary but has our attention and our focus. We need to take the attention and the focus off of it and begin to put the attention and the focus on that which is eternal. Am I getting through to you this morning? I told you this was not your grandma's Sunday morning church message. I'm stretching you. I'm, get, I'm getting you to move into another realm, into another dimension, to another place of consciousness where you begin to see that which is real, that which is as temporary as even operated in the life of Jesus. Nothing is real that is not eternal. See, life is eternal. De there, there comes a time when death will be swallowed up by life. That's what this, this mortal must put on immortality. And when this mortal puts on immortality, we're starting to hear a little bit about it on you know distant places and 
my good friend uh, Tommy wrote a book called Deathless. There's beginning to be some breaking. I look, this death thing is a t it's it's got our attention, it's got our focus. We're fearful of it because we don't know what's on the other side. There's coming a time that you will. Nothing is real that is not eternal. That which is eternal will always carry the light and the life of the Father. Paul had to learn this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's the lesson that Paul learned that set him free from this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's just read verses uh, 7 to 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. Let me get a quick drink here. Paul said this, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Now who called this a thorn in the flesh? Paul did. Did God say, Paul, I'm going to put a thorn in the flesh because of all the revelation that you have? Paul created this himself. This was not God doing this to Paul. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. See, he's, he's focusing. He's empowering it. This is a message of Satan to buffet me, to cause me problems, lest I should be exalted above measure. That whole seventh verse is the scenario that Paul created. Nowhere does it say that God put a thorn of flesh in Paul's life because of revelation. Nowhere did it say that I'm going to do something to you so that you're not exalted. Paul created this scenario in his mind, focused on it, and empowered it. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with God three times, or with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, right, he's, now the father's looking at this temporary situation. He's going to, he's looking in the darkness. Now he's going to come and kryptonite it with something that is eternal. And so the father speaks to him. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. The weakness was temporary. The weakness had no substance. The weakness had been created by Paul. So the, so the father comes and says, my grace, which is eternal, it's from the tree of life. It's my character. It's what I've imparted. It's part of this light that has come into your life, Paul, is sufficient. My strength. My eternal strength is made perfect in your temporary weakness that you have empowered. Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. I won't empower them, won't focus on them, that the power of Christ may rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Why? He's not looking at it anymore. He realizes these infirmities come and they go. What did Jesus say? In this world, you will have tribulation temporary, but be of good cheer. I have overcome eternal life, light. I have overcome the temporary. He said, be of good cheer. It's not going to It's not gonna last. It's not going to hang on. He said, I, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. All those are temporary. They're not real. They can, they can, grace, will, grace will dissolve them. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. All right? Now, I want, I want you to jump into this with me. Let, let me let's let's look at this a little further. Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five. Uh, right to the last next to the last chapter of Galatians. 
in verse, I'm going to read verses 19 down through 23. Now I want you to watch this. Now the works of the flesh from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've told you in time past, that those who practice these things, let me say something about all of those. All of those we created. Nothing to do with God. And all of them are temporary. Every single one of them, are not, none of those are eternal. But he said, when you practice these things, you do not inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is eternal. Now what you do, when you're putting your focus on these things and creating these things, these dilemmas, these circumstances, these problems, you cannot seek first the kingdom of God. You cannot live in the kingdom when it's not your priority. But, he says in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, here's, here we come, from the tree of life, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There's no hindrance. There's no stopping it. There's no parameters to it. There's no fence line. Now, listen to me. Listen to me carefully. Everything in verse 19 through 21 can be neutralized when you shine verse 22 and verse 23 on it. When you when you are when you are when you're absorbed when you are focused on the fruit of the spirit, the love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all nine of those fruits, verses 19 to 21 don't arise in your life. There's no place for them. The darkness of 19 through 21 is is kryptonited with verses 22 and verse 23. Verses 19, 20, 21 are all temporary. Verses 22 and verse 23 are eternal. See, you, it's impossible to live in the kingdom by that which is temporary. You have to get rid of the temporary. So, you need to live by the eternal and there is no law, there is no restriction, there is no stopping the eternal which is kingdom of God living. When you move into the kingdom of God, when you move into that eternal dimension, then there's nothing in the temporary that can stop it. There's no law against it, he said in verse 23. Against such there is no law. It cannot be stopped. See, what, what stops verses 19 to 21 is verses 22 and 23. Now again, let me just say something. I'm not saying to you that things don't appear. Things don't try to invade your life that create fear or jealousy or strife or envy. Everything that he mentions in verses 19 to 21 come from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, have their origin in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they will try to dominate your life. But when the fruit of the Spirit, when the fruit of the Spirit begins to blossom, you're not going to be troubled by 19 to 21. See, what we've done in church is this. <clears throat> we've, we've, tried to, we've tried to fight verses 19 to 21. The works of the flesh, lusts against the Spirit. And we've tried to, to fight fornication, uncleanness, adultery, wrath, envy, contentions, jealousies. We've tried to, we've tried to say all those are 
They're, those are a spirit. And we've, we've tried to, to fight it. In fact, in overcoming undesirable conditions in our life, there's two definite ways you can go. Listen to me. There's two definite ways you can go in our consciousness to arrive at the realization that God is the eternal omnipotent force and it's from his head that light and life emanate and as we begin to pull it into ourselves then these temporary things that have harassed us, caused us problems and difficulty, they will dissipate. Alright, here's the first way. I did this for a long time. You deny their existence and you fight them. You fight them. You say, you say, uh, it doesn't. It's not there. And you fight. You 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 fight what appears evil and contrary. Right? You come against the temporary. You come against the darkness. You come against and bind up that sickness and that po that old spirit of poverty. You come against it. Right? You enter spiritual warfare. And you spend your time shadow boxing the illusion. And you know what you're doing? You're empowering it. I found out one thing about spiritual warfare. And man, I spent hours in spiritual warfare. I had, I had, a, I had a, for a time I had a, a Saturday night when the whole church would come together and we would do spiritual warfare. Bind up spirits, cast down principalities, come against territorial spirits, all the things that were trying to hinder the growth and the progress of the church and impede our programs and we would shadow box the illusion I hear I came to a conclusion that the more you empower the more you fight it the more the more power it gets and you can you can do spiritual warfare till the cows come home brother and it will still be there you'll still be battling it you never come to the end of it you wear out and you go home so we do like okay we're gonna come from seven until eight the spiritual warfare. But when 8 o'clock came, man, we'd breathe a sigh of relief and leave and feel like we had an emotion. It was really an emotional release that we had put. Right? That's where deconstruction has come in. Deconstruction tries to get rid of everything that's false and air-filled, and you consciously try to rid yourself of it. That is not a healthy way to do it. I'm not a big fan of deconstruction. I never consciously deconstructed anything. I took the second route. Here's, here's the better way to do it. You let the substance of light, you let the substance of the true, the eternal, you let that, the, 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 the love, the good, you let that flood your innermost being, a.k.a. your spirit man, and the undesirable will pass into its temporary state and vanish. I haven't done spiritual warfare in years. And I have not been harassed by the devil. I had no, no thorn in the flesh. I found out his grace is sufficient. That when I rest in him, that divine influence will create effortless change while I rest in him. I don't shake my fist at the heavens anymore, stop my feet, draw bloodlines, come against principalities and powers. I don't give rulers of the darkness of this world any time of day. I spend my time focusing on his love. I meditate on his love. I meditate on his goodness, his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, who he is, how he personally walks with me. That even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. I keep on going because it's not it's temporary. It has no power over me. See, 
it's no more real than the fiction of your dreams. You ever had a dream so real that you wake up and you have to, that, that was so real. I had a dream the other night that was so real. I had, I had a, a, a local pastor, good friend of mine that died way too early. I had a dream the other night that he and I were building this humongous church together. He, you know, we were tight buddies, we were friends. The church was, was huge. We had this mammoth co coffee bar. It was like a Starbucks within the church. It was big. And I woke up and I, I had to catch myself thinking, man, is that real? What's going on? Because the dream seemed so real. When you wake up from the dream of Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, you find out they weren't real. They had no power. They had no substance. And you were able to overcome them. If we would just give this new creation that we are, understand old things have passed away. All that junk that tried to harass you, that thorn in the flesh, that messenger of Satan that always was buffeting you, those weaknesses that you had, if you would understand your rightful place in the inheritance that we possess, those temporary storms, those temporary difficulties, death itself, will have no more power over us than it did the firstborn among many brothers. Do you think contention, strife, envy, jealousy, do you think all that verses, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, do you think those things held power over Jesus? Absolutely not. Did Jesus walk in the love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, meekness, pay? Absolutely. And because he walked in those things, which are the fruits of the Spirit or the fruit of the tree of life, that's what you eat. That's what you focus on. See, you don't, you don't put your focus on the temporary, on the visible, and fight it and push against it and try to get disciplined. And, you, know, you know how we've all done that. We've all had a history of that. And it doesn't work. They had no power over the first brother over the, our elder brother Jesus. They have no power over us either when we get our focus right, when we get our, 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 our eyes set on the thing that we should. In fact, Scripture says this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. This says, in Jesus, in this one man, this one guy standing there looking at a crowd, dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's, a, that's an amazing statement to make that Jesus within himself contained everything of the God, Godhead in his bodily form. And he functioned in it. And as he functioned in it, darkness had no sway. Darkness had no pull. Powers of evil could not stop him. When he was in the desert, <clears throat> he did. The, the, he, I think the whole thing took place within himself. If you're the Son of God, man, you're starving. Turn these stones into bread. See. That, that was it. The hunger was temporary. As soon as he ate something, the hunger was gone. He didn't give place to the hunger. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. It's temporary. But by every word, that which is eternal. But he shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That was where his focus was. So in this one man, Jesus, dwelt the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. And then in verse 10, it says, and you, my friend, are complete in him. He brought you into that dimension himself. Father has no favorites. 
Among sons, he has no favorites. Now, this is, this is hard to digest. I understand this. But the father did not love Jesus any more than he loves you. Isn't that what Jesus prayed? Father, I pray that they would get it, that they would see it, that the same love that you have loved me, you love them. The same love, the same agape that you've poured out on me, you're pouring out on them. Shouldn't that bring our level of consciousness to a place that these temporary things are not pulling us backward into the pit? I, I deal with so many people that are in a pit, and they've dug the pit themselves. And like one of the elders in my church used to tell me, the best way to get out of a pit is to stop digging. And the way you stop digging is you get your focus off of that, which is temporary, and get your eyes, your focus on that, which is eternal. Does that mean your body's never going to feel sick? Absolutely, it probably will. In this world, you will have tribulation. Temporary. Be of good cheer. I've overcome eternal. The world. Father has no favorites. Jesus, here's what Jesus did. Here's the secret. Jesus gave way to the Christness within him. You cannot separate the humanity from the deity of Jesus. It was all one package. All right? It was not all, but just for the sake of conversation, I want you to understand Jesus felt everything that you felt. Right? He felt, felt every, every emotion. He had opportunity to give into it, but he didn't. Why? Because he lived from within. He lived out of the Christness. And as you and I give way to our Christedness to that same proportion, we will walk like Jesus walked in this present world. Can't wait for October, brother. We're going to unwind that big time. Big time. We're ready for it. We're putting a foundation down. I've systematically, for the last five years, I guess, brought you through this journey. Some of you have been with me the whole time. You're getting ready to have your minds blown in October because we got we got to stretch it. we got to push it up there. All right, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. All right, let's, let's just begin to understand this. I hope you go back and listen to this again. I know I'm, I'm rushing over it. I'm dropping a lot. Uh, I'm dispensing a lot. And again, I can teach it, but you've got to understand it. So it may take you a couple times, two, three times listening to this to where you actually grab the revelation that these things are not real. They're temporary. They're an illusion. Does that mean you don't feel? No, your senses will tell you that it's real. Your eyes will tell you it's real. But when you eat from the tree of life, you'll find that they disperse. All right. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, that was the Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, there's the key. See, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness are eternal forces. They're not temporary. When you receive those, brother, you're tapping into the eternal. And he says when you do that, you will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. You will reign in life. When Jesus reigned in life, again, let me say, none of those things, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21, all those negative forces, they did not harass Jesus. He did not empower them. He did not give them place. Remember, Paul said, neither give place to the devil. You have to give place to that carnal mentality. You have to give place and create an evil that is 
your thorn in the flesh that is trying to trying to defeat you and so psych you out that you stop eating from the tree of life. And it and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil consumes you. Wherefore, as verse 18, therefore, here's the conclusion. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Condemnation is, is subject to change. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. When the consciousness of justification, of Zoe, of the God kind of life, floods you, listen, that condemnation has got to go. We all quote the verse, there's therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, and all the while we're feeling condemned. Do you know why we're feeling condemned? That we have a hard time grasping that verse? Because we haven't grabbed on to the one man's righteousness, which is an eternal force. It's a free gift, resulting in justification. Then verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by man, one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Disobedience was temporary. Obedience was eternal. Righteous is eternal. Right? The living Son of God is now shining through you. The light that he has given to every human being that comes into the world, every son and daughter, he's shining through each of us to the, to the degree the, and to the, to the limit that we allow it to, that we recognize it shining. Here's what I think is on the table for 2023. It's gonna, I think we're going to see this is going to be a big message in 2024. Because we've got the, we're getting the foundation down. The rest of 2023, we get to October, we're going through the next year. It's going to be the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ. Biggest revelation that Paul ever gave was Christ in you Gentiles. Every single one of you. That door's opening up. That door is, is seeming to become a, a possibility. And it's giving us permission to absolutely walk through it. So what we need to do, we need to enlarge our perception. We need to begin to acknowledge the power that we have as a new creation. I've, I've outlined it as heavy and as strong as I feel I can for right now. We need to, we need to, to let that new creation power become complete and in an absolute union with no separation. In Jesus dwelt the fullness of the Godhead, and you're complete in Him. There's no, absolutely no difference. Ephesians 4 7 says, To each one of us, grace is given, the, that eternal power, that divine influence that creates change. To each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. What increases the power, the eternal power of grace working in our life, is an increasing measure of the gift that Christ was for all humanity. How big do you measure the gift? How big do you measure the Christ? Because the, the, the degree to which you measure him, you're going to find that the illumination, the revelation, the love, the joy, the peace, the gentleness, the long-suffering, the eternal powers, the forces, kryptonite, eliminate, shut down, the dissensions, the envy, the strife, all of the negativity, the thorns in the flesh that try to harass us. 
The Son of Man, our older brother, is now manifesting. And he's being made visible out of us to our world. Our culture is seeing you. You, you don't have to do four spiritual laws or try to force anything on people. You just live and let the light shine. You don't have to force light to shine. It just shines. It just is released. He's living and being made visible in us in all of our affairs. So as we eat from the tree of life, I'm, I'm winding down here. As we eat from the tree of life, the love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, right? As those things begin to really blossom, as the, as the vine feeds the branch and you show the fruit, you're going to discover that he didn't come to destroy anything. He's not part of any destruction. He came to totally give life and an abundant life to all of creation. Creation is looking for you to manifest as a son of God. Creation is looking for your perfect theology. Creation isn't looking for you to come out with a doctrine that just blows them away. What they're looking is for your manifestation as a son. For that fruit to grow, that love, joy, peace, gentleness, the Galatians 5, 22, 23, to begin to grow in such profusion that 19, 20, 21 doesn't show any place on the radar of your life because you're not focusing, you're not looking. Will it try to come? Absolutely. It tried to demonstrate in the life of Jesus, but he neutralized it. He shined the light on it. The darkness could not stand. All right, I think we're good for right now. This has been, a, I'm just back to truck up and dump the load this morning. I hope you got it all. Go back and listen to it because I want you to come to a place in your consciousness to where those things which are temporary have no more power over your life. But you're, you're allowing the light to shine through you to the degree that all that darkness has got to dissipate because of who you are as a new creation. God bless. This is good stuff. See you next week. We'll put another chapter into the book and we'll catch you Wednesday night at The Secret Place. God bless. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our digital cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.